1: to the
2: Big Biz Show, featuring insight, analysis, and a lot of stuff that's none of your business.
3: Uh, hold on. This is the Big Biz Show.
4: I think it is their business.
2: Making the markets work for you. Here's the man with the plan, Sully. All right. You know why we have two
5: openings? Because at the top of the hour, we talked to uh, our truck, to our television. Because what is radio doing at the top of the hour? He's in traffic. Because not only are we in 110 million broadcast television homes, we at 150 radio stations, as well as American Forces Radio Network in 175 countries, and all the ships at sea. So we have 150 radio stations, 175 countries, 110 million homes. You guys are famous suddenly, and it's great to have both of you. Dave Palais is here. He is a uh, he is a well-known sports personality here in Southern California, as well as a Maybe the coach of the year every year for baseball and youth sports. Costa, of course, our co-host here. So uh, I got, finally got two sports guys. So why don't we just start uh, uh, as I like to do with Major League Baseball? Big baseball fan. Watched uh, watched the uh, Phillies game the other day. We got a, a kid named Garrett Stubbs right out of San Diego. Good yeah, friend. Huh? Fantastic. Climbing his way up. His brother C.J. is uh, you know here's I know his father very well. The most unathletic person I ever met. <laughs> his wife Marty's been on the show. She's a real estate agent. Fantastic. Um, Garrett Stubbs and CJ Stubbs first of all both of them, one of them got the Johnny Bench award in college. the other one, so Garrett gets, gets drafted to the Astros and then CJ got drafted to the Astros Garrett bounced up and down finally got traded to the Phillies and now he's playing Major League Baseball on the show he, I think he, he, and of course Ozzie Smith was calling him in so as long as we're talking about National League Baseball, how, or Major League Baseball how the Padres went yeah uh. Come on, we broadcast from San Diego. Uh, I just have to hear. Aside
4: from last night, the NL West, and I think De'Abel would agree, is pretty darn competitive this year. Everyone thought that the D-backs were going to be trash. Even the D-backs are sort of
6: still in the hunt. No, they are. Every team has a winning record in that division. Yeah. How far out of first place are we behind the Dodgers now? You're right there. It's early, early and they're, they're right there. I mean, no offense to the Padre fans out there, but the Padres have had a much easier schedule yeah. than most. And then when they play teams like the Dodgers and Giants, they fall apart.
4: We yeah. haven't missed
5: We haven't missed for Tando, for, uh, Tatis Jr. You
4: know, you, you really raise an interesting question because the way this team has been playing and kind of coalesced around that, uh, Dave, and I know you can speak to that, it does bring into the conversation what is it going to be like when he gets back? You know, obviously think he has a talent 100% healthy, Any team would love to have him, but does it kind of break up that mojo a little bit that they've got going right now?
6: you know for me he's the most interesting guy in all of baseball he's the most exciting guy he's lebron james he's michael jordan for the game of baseball yeah. he just does things and when you Is he truly yourself, the
5: face of baseball our guy is the face the of baseball face.
6: he's not the face but he's the guy i think if you ask most general managers who you'd want they would say it's him because of marketing not only for the fan and the, the fans and what you do for television but also how good of a player he is what he did this offseason was extremely selfish mm-hmm. and for me there's a lot of anger towards him of Getting on well, the
5: like Worth is also jumping off of buildings and base jumping. Isn't I mean there, there like is he makes three hundred and forty four million dollars. Yeah, exa- you're right. Exactly. The, the The left side of our infield is a half yeah, a billion yeah. dollars <laughs> with endorsements. Last if 100%. Cronenworth
4: goes splat, it's like ah, that's too bad. Yeah, if it happens. Plus he end. was a throw.
6: Plus he was a throw in. Plus he was a Exactly. That was
5: the greatest part. What's uh so what are you guys most excited about in sports right now? With with any sport
6: right now? For me, I'm a baseball guy. Everyone yeah. always loves the playoffs. And and Mike and I obviously have known each other for. years years and, and Mike's a hockey guy and and I'm a Kings fan but I follow hockey playoffs because hockey is completely different once the playoffs get here. Yeah. And it's extremely exciting right now of what's going on in hockey NBA. Watching of hockey course.
5: for me is like watching soccer. It's extremely frustrating.
6: It's like here I want to give
5: you I want to give you a a, a a a an imitation of what it sounds like in a in a hockey stadium. It's like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> Damn! All night, all of a sudden there's, woo, And then there's like the 17 oh, it's Same thing with soccer. And, and not that I can't get into it, because I love the movie Miracle. And I loved uh, Slapstick. Not, sorry. Sure. Um, um, but you guys are really into hockey now,
6: huh? This Big is, time. It, so but watch this time the time of games. Year. This time of year.
5: This, this time of year. But, but
4: they still have that problem of it not really translating. It, once you go see a hockey game, especially a playoff hockey game, in person, Saul... You're hooked, yeah, but it just it just doesn't translate on TV yeah. like it does in the arena.
5: Well, and I think I think the part of it is I think you're actually right because when you go to a hockey game, you're sucked in immediately. Oh. Like first of all, it's chilly in there. As yeah. soon as you walk in, beer's colder. Yes, right? and, and, and you're right there. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you're and you're watching them blow snot bubbles out right in front of you through the glass right in front of you. Yeah. There is no there's no moat between the fans and the players of that game, which is probably one of the most important parts of it. Better, okay.
6: Thick piece of plexiglass. Did I did I hear
5: did I hear some talk back to Major League Baseball that
6: Major League baseball is going to London? Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred who is the new commissioner in Major League Baseball, has been there a few years. Everything he has touched has turned terrible. I mean, <laughs> honestly, he's the worst commissioner I've ever seen. And and the players hate him, I don't even if the owners like him, yeah. but he's been a disaster. And one yeah. thing Major League Baseball players don't like doing is doing extra travel. And so now when you're talking about London, you can't say... Is this like
5: when, when I played the London Monarchs for NFL or whatever the hell we yeah, he did for exactly a couple what, of years? They're oh. trying
6: to do exactly what the NFL is exactly doing. Exactly right. My it, Mike, Mike's 100% is that the NFL sets the standard. and But the deal is with the NFL, they play once a week. Major League Baseball, these guys get an off day once every 19 days. Now you're going to say in a 162-game schedule, and not even counting what you do before spring training of six weeks, that now you're going to start going from, what, Seattle, San Francisco, San Diego, to London to play games? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Major League Baseball Players Association, that's going to be a fight right there.
5: Well, and I, think, and I think what's interesting here is, you know, considering the fact in the business of baseball that the, uh, that the, the owners bit themselves and shot themselves in the foot um, with respect to this strike thing in the beginning. I mean, they lost so much sponsorship money mm-hmm. uh, and they put it on the shoulders of guys who are making, you know, league minimums. And suddenly realizing that that the fans are with the players yeah. and they were never with the owners, I think it was. I, I think this is going to be end up being an interesting year for the owners. So, what I, are I the two things, things
4: people in London want? Mayonnaise for their chips and fluoride for their teeth.
5: They want, and that is it. Uh, yeah, they want. They don't want baseball. They want bad food and warm beverages. That's Let's it. Face it that's, 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 that's pretty much like, it. I think that's you know where, what does the old flag say? Don't tread on me, our U.S. That says bad food and warm beer. If I'm not I think yeah. that's what they have on there.
4: I have yet to see the Queen
5: say, we must have Boospoon. Why? Is, is that your English accent? Wow. That, that was wow. Was that Mike Myers? No. <laughs> James, James is a better English accent than I know he does. <laughs> James, our music director. Um, so let's look at the average price for Major League Baseball games. Yeah. Um, I like one of the best things about being kind of a big deal here in this studio yeah, is that people throw free crap at you in this business. You guys know that as well as anybody. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Padres are one of them. So I may or may not have a, have a connection at the Padres, but I haven't paid for a Padre game for a while just because, you know, we give them exposure or we talk about them. They love that and all that stuff. Um, but I will tell you Johnny lunch This goes to a Padre game right now with their family of four in the cheap seats yeah. Yeah. and has a beer or soda and three hot dogs or four hot dogs. You are closing in. Very close to 250 bucks, to even 300 bucks. I say more than that. Now, and, and you remember Larry Lucchino of the Padres, as I talk about Major League Baseball nationally. Um, Larry Lucchino, remember the the family night, or what do you call it in baseball? And he was trying to get everybody in. I can't remember the price it was a hundred bucks, under hundred bucks.
4: Four tickets, four dogs. Four programs. You got four sodas in a program, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah, and it was it was supposed to be. Whatever happened in those days, because right now uh, Dave sent me some uh, some numbers here. Uh, Dodgers get $153 per person. ticket, right?
6: Yeah, exactly right.
5: In the meantime, the Pirates are getting $62. But, oh,
6: <laughs> but you know what? The, Shocker. You, but you look at what the Pirates. do they pay the, the fans $62 to show up? <laughs> they must. The Pirates I think the Reds, too. <Yeah. laughs>
5: but, I'm know, surprised that the Yankees are only $94. Bucks. In New York, are you kidding me? I think it would
6: be $194. That, I think that averages out. Because if you look at oh, those seats behind between first and third at Yankee Stadium, yeah. those are $10,000 a ticket. Yeah. Ten thousand. Per per what does it cost? What is it? So
5: speaking of national uh, Major League yeah. Baseball, what does it cost to sit behind on plate at the Padres? Like if you're in that, you know when you look at the guys eating nachos. Yeah. And whether which I would, like if I was sitting back there, I'd be like I have a Big Biz Show logo on the See, air logo. You would know. I'm better. I'm
6: Sully. You would know better than us.
4: I, I have no say, idea. about hundred thousand a year, or holy or crap. somewhere in that range
5: per seat.
6: Yes. Oh, my God! Yeah. I want to say. You, you, Mike's probably right on that. I'm not sure what the Potters have. I actually sat back there a few weeks ago as a, as a gift, and I had the old hard ticket. Mm-hmm. The price didn't match what it actually cost. Yeah. It said, like, 123 bucks, and you know it's not on $123. No. No. Yeah.
5: Well, but plus, you know, and they, then they have a buffet down there, and <clears throat> I think that some, some are rubbing your shoulders and the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> um, can I ask you, this, did I hear Magic Johnson was an owner? Uh, of, of the Dodgers, Yes.
6: Is Magic Johnson in 2012 was with the Guggenheim Group that purchased the Dodgers, where at the time was $2 billion, and everybody thought that was crazy money. Well, now that same team is worth almost $5 billion, and they finish in first place almost every year. Yeah. And so it, it's been a crazy investment for him, but he was a part owner of the Lakers. It's because and of our former
5: second baseman and base coach, first base coach dave roberts come oh on. right come dave on roberts.
4: right That's in this all leads
5: back, yes. leads back to the padres everything leads back to.
4: well and now the rumor is magic's going to join the las vegas raiders ownership again what could go
5: wrong 22 year old millionaires in las vegas <laughs> what a great idea i know it's this is almost like the darwin awards the last thing the guy says hey look at this and then all of a sudden he's you know he's he's completely gone so yeah. um so well dave i hope you'll make it happen oh i love so it joining Thank you, you. Seriously, because Costa is no longer the sports guy.
2: (laughs) I got watered,
5: and my week was great. And when we sack him, because the Mike Costa University doesn't work out, you're teed up. You're in the hole. On deck. Perfect. Your partner, partner, Jeff. Diablo and Hefe. Love it. Studios in sunny San Diego, California. Big vid shows on the air. With sounds from the Day Trader Trio, my co-host Mike Costa, and we are brought to you by Prudential. Let Prudential be your rock for retirement. Also brought to you by Bayer Advance, better science, better results. Starbucks coffee. A little brand called Bloomin' Brands also. The Outback Steakhouse. Authentic. Australian food, First Wave Biopharma, Northwest Biotherapeutics, Imagine AR. All of our sponsors. Thank you, friends. Here we go. You guys are good. DTT. 30%. A full 30% of my band is up there. I like that. Very good. James East on bass, who's uh, who's uh, two Grammys, three Grammys, four Tonys, a restraining order, and an expired Costco card. Um, and then you've got Trace. Did you notice our last guest, the tobacco company XXII? Uh-huh. Every one of those guys up there looked like this. I swear to God. Because you can't see them up there like this. And do you know why they were like this? Yes. Can I tell you why they were like this? There's only one reason that you that you do this stuff. It's so you could do it. He said, what is it? Huh? And all of a sudden, I said, XXII. Their heads pop up for the stock symbol. And they're like this, mad, like mad, like mad trading. Every time. Like they're like, what's this one?
3: Um, I don't have a problem. I'm just watching. I'm just watching. just adding them to the watch list. Okay.
5: Trace the gambler. Well, speaking of... I'm sorry. Trace the investor. Um, Okay. Does anyone know anything about cryptocurrency? Sort of, kind of. Or the blockchain? A little bit. Um, It will change the way we conduct business in the next 10 years, I believe. Especially because of the blockchain. I don't know about... Digital currency. But I believe digital currency will be the norm sooner than later. Here to talk about that, my very good friend, a guy I met many years ago. Uh, we broadcast live from some of his events, like the Crowd Invest Summit, the Crypto Invest Summit, and now he is one of the first venture capital groups, uh, Draper Gorin Home, that deals strictly in uh, blockchain startups and cryptocurrency. His name is Elon Gorin. What's up, pal? Hey guys, good, good to, to see you, see you man. Been too long. You're looking. You're looking more Menlo Park every day. You're looking. you Because before it was I'm, a T-shirt, a crappy office, and unshaven. <laughs> now it is a purposeful beard, a nice office, and you look respectable, pal. Like That's it, right.
3: I wish. Uh, I'm about, actually at an event in Northern California today uh, with the rest of the Draper Venture Network to talk about decentralization and, and everything else. I want,
5: to, I want to see the very first interview you did with us because you don't you know, like the young yeah. hippie types that start Twitter and start Facebook. Mm-hmm. That was him. With, it was when crowd, crowd investing. So listen, first of all, great to have you along. I want to, we never spend any time talking about Draper, uh, Gorn, and Holm. Talk about you guys and, and then talk about this network you're talking about.
3: Yeah, so we invest in early stage blockchain startups, and sometimes we incubate or accelerate our own ideas. But for the most part, what we do is we utilize that network we built with all of our events to meet the best entrepreneurs in the space and to back them, you know, before anyone else does. So we try to get in early and uh, help them grow.
5: Do you now Do you back them with cryptocurrency? Are you, are you? Is that how you invest? Are you investing with dollars and cryptocurrency or both? Yeah, it depends on
3: the company. Usually the investment is in US dollars, mm-hmm. but sometimes if they're like a DAO or decentralized enough, they can't take US dollars and so we have to do it in crypto. Yeah.
5: Wow. So when you now let's let's say you t- this is something I always want to ask you. So let's say you're investing in a blockchain technology and you're using cryptocurrency because they're completely decentralized. When you when they've decided to when they've hit their exit, which is, you know, in the US it would be IPO, acquisition or some other, you know, some other exit. Uh, upon exit, are you just getting uh, 10x or 15x or 50x on your crypto uh, or are you getting cash
3: back or does it depend on the deal? It, it depends on the deal. So we we have an early stage venture approach. So the idea is that we wouldn't invest in a group or in a company or an organization unless we believe that they were going to 10 years from now. Grow yeah. exponentially from when they are today. So we're not worried about the the tokens trading at any certain prices for right. for a while because we right. we're, we have a very long view of all of it.
5: The um, uh, talk about where we're at, because as you know, I run a couple of venture funds and a hedge fund and, and to hear you say that's really interesting. Will we get to the point where where this is gonna be the norm versus you know uh, we you know we look at you know, the Sprout Group, or we look at, uh, you know, the, any number of family offices. Well, they, well, do you think this will be the norm at some point where digital currency is going to be the, the, the main investment tool because okay. of the fact that, you know, A, it's so, uh, it's so transparent. Uh, I give you a dollar. You give me a potato. It's there in effigy forever. No one can question it. And there's no fraud can be perpetrated on yep. it uh, other than hacking. Right. And they're working yeah. on that every
3: day. Yeah, and, and essentially, you know, what you said at the very beginning is is really super important because there is this crypto side of things, and people think of the, the super decentralized Bitcoin, Ethereum, those kind of things when they think of crypto. But then there's the whole blockchain technology side, which is transforming even the private markets, because at the end of the day, anything that you can do on paper that can be done more seamlessly and transparently um, digitally is going to move to digital. And so people are using blockchain technology to... To even transform the private markets, which, as you know, is I think it's something like seven trillion dollars a year just in the United States alone. Um,
5: um, Alon, and- tell me if. Uh, by the way, Elon Gorin is uh, is the founding partner of Draper Gorin and Holm. Uh, just fantastic guy that that started the Crowd Invest Summit um, for crowd for crowd for crowd investing and crowdsourcing many years ago. Then turned into the block the, the the Crypto Invest Summit, and now of course they're investing in in, in blockchain startups. I'm going to explain the, the, the blockchain like this, uh, Alana, and you can tell me if I'm, I'm inaccurate. It is the infrastructure in which existing cryptocurrency is uh, is traded through. In other words, uh, there is no Fed Reserve system, there is no uh, FINRA system, there is no uh, transfer agents or DTC or anything like that. It's basically a, an open ledger where if you give me $100, it says my Costa gave Sully $100. And if I give you back a share of Loft 100 Studios. It says Mike owns a share of Loft 100 Studios that Sully gave him. And it is then mined. Basically, it's verified by several hundred thousand million people that says, yeah, that's there. Now, try to deny it. You can't. Um, Further, I believe that it'll change the way we buy cars. It'll change the way we buy stock. It'll change the way we buy real estate. Anywhere there is a broker intermediary, I think some of those days somewhat are over. I think, it, I think it's going to cut out the middleman in some transactions, and it'll be more beneficial for the seller and the buyer, don't you think?
3: yeah i think the biggest winners are the consumers and and that's why you know you see pushback from the regulators and from the government and from the largest financial institutions you're you're cutting them out of the deal um and you're taking away some of their control and and their opportunity but it's a better deal for the people participating in it um and so you know but but uh, on the flip side those major financial institutions are adopting this technology, like I said, to transform those private markets. They're seeing that they can make things a lot more efficient, and I think they're realizing that you know they're a little late to the game um, in some respects, and people in other countries and other jurisdictions are starting to leapfrog us, and we need to you know get behind some of this stuff. We gotta get
5: you in studio, and I want you back on a weekly basis, yeah. so Bianca's gonna bombard you with emails here, Ilan. So I'm Love just it. gonna say right now, we'll see you next week, Elon <laughs> Gorin. Great guy. All right, Big Biz Show continues. Got a couple more things coming up here for you. Sully, Costa, and the Day Trainer Trio. Stand by, we're back in a minute.
3: We're here at a nondescript college campus, here to talk about...
8: Student loans and student loan forgiveness.
3: Um, what's your prediction on this? How do you think the college kids are gonna feel? I think
8: they all will want their loans forgiven. As a previous college student myself, who doesn't want more money in their bank account.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, my ex-wife actually went to this school and based off my experience with her, I'm gonna say these students will not forgive. Boomch! Don't fire us. Please don't. Do you have student loans? Um, I personally do not. Okay. Um, I currently do not either.
8: I do have student loans.
3: Everywhere. No. Um. Yes, I do. How
8: do you feel about the idea of student loan forgiveness?
3: I mean, education is just bettering our future. Yeah, I agree. Um, unfortunately, loans are definitely um, part of like the situation that a lot of college students have to go through, especially those that are like minorities or in lower socioeconomic zones. So I definitely think um, student loan forgiveness is needed and should be more more accessible. Students
8: that you did. I think that's a great idea actually. Um, I know my sister just graduated from college two years ago and uh, she was fortunate enough to be able to pay them off like within her first year, um, but I know that's not really the case for a lot of people. I don't know much about it.
3: What if the government said we'll give you auto loan debt forgiveness? What kind um, of car would you get? Probably right now an electric car. Um, maybe like a Tesla or whatever that is electric. Something like that. I don't know. As long as someone else paid for it, right? Exactly. Yeah. He's saying
8: he would want the government to forgive like car loans so then your money could just go towards paying gas. Like that you it was it was taking that out of the equation because gas prices are so high that he wants all the money to go towards paying for his gas, not also his car payment on top of that.
3: But you don't buy your car from the gas station.
8: That's what he's saying. The government would forgive the car loans, so, so then he could just save money, so that he could pay for the ridiculous expense, like expensive gas. But
3: wouldn't the taxes go because the government paid for the cars, and now we have to pay? That. Okay,
8: you're getting way too like scientific if on that. If the government wasn't talking about student loans specifically, what would you want the government to forgive you for? If it could be anything, your heart desires. Hmm. I think mortgage payments and stuff like that. It became overwhelmingly obvious that all those college students were going to be for loan forgiveness. So we decided to come to a place and find some people who might not have student loans or even a college degree at all.
3: So we found some musicians.
8: <laughs> Do you have any student loans?
4: Student loans. Um, I haven't had a student loan in a while. But you well, did but have one. I did have James. one and, and I also had yeah. one... Uh, with my kids, but it, okay. wasn't, it wasn't that bad.
8: How do you feel about the idea of student loan forgiveness?
4: Um, Yes, please. You're in favor of it. <laughs> I'm in favor of student loan forgiveness.
3: Now, Ty, do you have student loans? No. My dad told me don't go to college, so
7: I didn't. <laughs> Was it because of student loans? <laughs> it's because it costs too much and because there's too many useless degrees out there and you can do something in the real world.
3: So how do you feel about student loan forgiveness for other people?
7: I think if the government's
3: got trillions of dollars, they should just... Let these kids have a little bit, you know. It's not fair mm-hmm. to give an 18 year old hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, you know, and not even give them a business license. Big biz show. <laughs>
1: my,
5: oh my. Live from the Lost 100 Studios in sunny Sandy in California. Big biz show down there. The Day Trader Trio's with us. Fantastic job. Of course, thanks to our on-the-street reporting, the Tamali Levy, our floor director, Devin Doan, our master of all. There we go. Yeah. So the last kid up there with the beard—that's Russ T. Nails' his son, Tyler Stallman. That's what he so looked like. So when he said, "Then okay. no, my dad told me not to go to college." <laughs> you think? <laughs> I think. Can I? Before we get to Jim Mish, can I tell you why forgiving student loans is a bad idea? Because only. of the population goes to school in a university setting. And only about half of them actually have student loans. The student loan debt right now, uh, Bianca, if you look that up for me, I have $21 trillion, I think, something like that, or $21 billion. I I can't remember. It's the same amount as the amount of loans, maybe uh, the amount of loans that are out for car loans. Mm -hmm. Forgive auto loans. It affects the entire population. And it does the same thing, uh, which basically is get you to work, right? Isn't a college degree get you to work? Isn't a car get you to work? Yes. You're affecting more people. That's the only thing. I'm not against forgiving student loans, but if you want to affect, I don't think it's fair uh, with a, uh, yeah, 1.7 $1.75 trillion. Okay.
4: But how soon does somebody come out after student loan debt is forgiven and say, well, what about
5: mortgage loan debt forgiveness? Yeah, Well, that's, or, true. that's true. You know, I agree. But the, but the point is, if you're going to forgive anything, if you want to help with people. It'll affect students, and it effectively does the same thing for students. Anyway, uh, I'll tell you one person who's saving the earth, just like my terrific idea, um, is James Mish. Jim Mish is a good friend, and he's also a guest on the program, and he's uh, doing a world of good for us. He's the CEO of a company called 22nd Century Group. Um, They are a public trader of the stock symbol XXII. Uh, He has created with his team... A agricultural biotechnical uh, uh, product focused on tobacco harm reduction. In fact, the FDA has mandated that his, project, his product says, helps you smoke less. How do you figure that? And uh, here he is again, and i love to talk to him about it because he's always, he's always in the game for us here. Jim, I got to tell you, every time I follow you guys and I look at the news, you guys are you guys are putting the ball down the field every single day. Great to see you, man. How are you? Yeah, great to see you, Sully, and
9: uh, everybody. And uh, thanks for having me back. Yeah, we uh, we continue to move the ball forward. That's our you know that's our motto because uh, every day, you know, according to the CDC, 1,300 people in the U.S. are dying from uh, smoking and, and uh, tobacco-related uh, deaths, and uh, we want to make a dent. So uh, you know, we've been uh, on the shelves now for. Uh, Just uh, coming up on a month. Yeah, let's uh, let's
5: and let's stop down there because you are literally have a product for sale that people who want to uh, you know expand their smoking cessation or people just want to you know some help smoking less, as the FDA puts it, can buy your uh, 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 combustible cigarettes that have a significantly uh, uh, less dose of nicotine. And if, uh, we can bring the chart up there. But talk about this chart that we're looking at right here. Because if you look at all the advertisement that goes on, I don't, I'm not sure there's much advertisement other than on race cars and baseball parks these days. But, the, but all, you know, they say lower nicotine. Um, <laughs> this, the far right is you, and the left is everybody else.
9: How do you feel Gosh. about that? Yeah, it's look, it's an amazing technology. It's been engineered this way and it's 95% less nicotine as the chart says, and that's a very unique level of nicotine. It's just enough to coat the receptors and fool the mind to uh, start to distance yourself from the addiction of uh, nicotine. And that's why it's mandated to, to help you smoke less. Uh, the uh, clinical studies by the FDA demonstrate that the people who are using this are smoking at least 50 to 80% less sticks. Uh, or stop altogether. So it's a, it's an amazing product. Uh, it's uh, going off the shelves very well. The pilot uh, run is going extremely well, and we launched both a menthol version and a regular version uh, in Chicago. And in fact, the menthol version is outpacing even the uh, the standard competition, the standard cigarette. Hey, right? Jim, how does
5: that how does that stack up to the fact that the FDA, or at least I think you said this, and correct me if I'm wrong. That they're going to ban menthol uh, cigarettes altogether. Will that will that affect you guys and give you one less product, or is, does your does your skirt that because of the nicotine volume?
9: They have they have started that process. They're very serious about it It's part of their comprehensive plan. And when they uh, gave us our modified risk tobacco product authorization, the second of two, uh, indicated that there's a pathway for exemption, and uh, we firmly believe that we'll be exempt. Uh, when that uh, rule goes into effect, and it could go into effect within the next uh, 18 uh, months, is our belief. So, it's uh, picking up momentum, and uh, our product of it is uh, exactly the description that the FDA uses to uh, to make exemptions on these combustible menthol uh, areas.
5: You know, the best part about this is that for the numbers people in our audience. And once again, Jim Mish is our guest. He's a CEO of 22nd Century Group. XXII is their stock symbol. What's interesting is uh, the amount of of independent research and independent studies that have gone into this, and we're talking close to a hundred million dollars. Talk about some of that research that backs this thing, because uh, the, you know your product is the first product uh, to help not sustain a nicotine addiction. It really is an off ramp.
9: Yeah, this is a product that's been 20 years in the making, much like uh, and even beyond a pharmaceutical uh, product out of big pharma. It's been, uh, you know, five years of technical development uh, years ago to create the nicotine, uh, lower nicotine tobacco, Uh, and then a uh, years of clinical studies funded by the FDA, uh, well, close to $150 million to demonstrate the harm reduction. And uh, when they granted that second authorization, uh, the, the clinical data is very compelling. It's in the public domain. You can seek it out. Uh, but the, uh, the reduction in harm is, uh, is very compelling and fits within their overarching uh, program. So, uh, you know, typically a pharmaceutical company is the ones who are generating that clinical study. In this case, it was the FDA themselves uh, because they're so serious about this comprehensive plan to uh, to do something about the uh, harm caused by tobacco.
5: Hey, Jim, I got about 30 seconds here, but I want you to answer me real quick. Have we ever seen the black helicopters outside the office door from all the big tobacco companies? I mean, <laughs> honestly, you have to worry about some of that stuff because you were battling you know, I, with uh, a big behemoth,
9: I, don't you think? I always check uh, under my car before I turn <laughs> it on like, a, like an old I, mean, I haven't seen the helicopters yet. That's I'm nothing sure to
5: joke about, uh... but, you know, big tobacco is nothing. You might as well be battling Detroit, pal. Right. All right. Jim, we'll see you next time. Appreciate it, buddy. Jim Mish. 22nd Century Group. Stock symbol XXII. You can go to XXIIcentury.com. All right. Big Biz Show. From one type of smoking to another type of smoking. Coming up. the Rusty Nails segment. Sunny Sandy of California. Big Biz Show's on there. Great to have you on. it been a great show today. And we're going to cap it off with one of my favorite guests in the whole wide world. His name is Robert Destico, And thanks again to the Day Trader
9: Trio.
5: Uh, Robert Destico, of course, is the CEO and founder of, uh, of Splash Beverage Group. Uh, he was, I think, the fifth employee, senior vice president, general manager of a little company called Red Bull. Oh, perhaps you've heard of them. Yes, I have, uh, and they create a number of uh, they create a number of beverages, um, and we got the latest version of Tap Out, who you might find on the end caps of every Walmart you walk into. But one of the things that I, when I first spoke to him, he talked about uh, was was influencer marketing, and why people fail. And um, you know, James is a somewhat of an expert on influencer marketing. James, talk about influencer marketing just for a second for us.
9: Seinfeld.
4: <laughs> well, at a basic level, influencer marketing is a type of social media marketing strategy that uses endorsements and product mentions from influencers who have a dedicated social following and are viewed as experts within their niche. Influencer marketing works because of the high amount of trust that social influencers have built up within their following and their recommendations serve as a form of social proof to your brand potential customers.
5: See, you can't teach that. You can't teach other- oh, oh, hang on. Whoa. <laughs> Thank
4: you. That's just the talent lab the, the talent level of the DDT it is it's just Robert.
5: I have I've got I've got your spokesperson for you there, pal. I just found him. It's James East, the uh, multi-grammy award winning <laughs> bassist uh, of the day trader trio. Great to have you, man. Um, uh, let's um, talk. By the way, thanks for the uh, thanks for the goods. He always sends goods. Somehow they get some get drink faster than others. But uh, we got to do packaging for Tapout, and uh, what a story that was. One thing we haven't talked about, Robert. And by the way, Robert is again the CEO and founder of Splash Beverage Group. They are they are publicly traded on the stock symbol SBEV. How did the Tapout story start? Because when when you founded this company, was that one of your first or was it one of the last? Talk about that one. Yeah,
2: actually, it was one of my first brands. Tap Out, for years, was associated with the UFC, synonymous with the UFC and MMA. Um, and uh, over, the, over time, the MMA kept growing and the UFC kept growing. Uh, and then uh, the brand owners for the core IP, remember, it was originally just clothing and line equipment. Uh, they elected not to re-up with the uh, with the UFC. So we came in and we we own all things consumable. And um, and we started with Tap Out. Beverage actually was our first brand.
5: Yeah, so and, and it's gone through some iterations, but that was also one of the milestones that's happened in the last few years that's gotten you on the maps, and that was with the distribution with with uh, with, with Walmart. You, you talked from the very first time I ever spoke to you, Robert, about the importance of distribution is always underestimated, and your story is probably the best example I can think of what happened to you guys as a company and what happened to the brand the minute Walmart decided to put you on their shelves and their end caps, Correct.
2: Yeah, that's right. And, and Walmart and other uh, fantastic uh, regional retail partners and national retail partners, but really having the ability to get it to the shelf is the key thing. Uh, you can have the greatest brand in the world, but if it's not on shelf, it's not for sale, right? Yeah, and, exactly. <laughs> you know, we we put out a lot of press releases pretty much every week about different distribution deals that we have uh, just signed. And you know, I can't talk about revenue and forward-looking you know statements, but what I can say, which is very important for people to understand, is when we sign a distribution agreement with, say, an in-band Budweiser distributor, or maybe not, maybe a Miller Coors distributor, or most re- one of the recent ones, which is Khalil in Arizona, which is here Dr. Pepper, that's our custom. We actually, the AR, the accounts receivable cycle, starts when we sign those deals and ship that product. Yeah. So it's really great. It's fast turnaround for us for, for cash.
5: Well, that's good. Now do you, Robert, as I, I was going to ask you this, and it's interesting you brought it up, because I see press releases out literally three to five days a week talking about new distribution deals. Are you concentrating on new distribution Kind of the primary uh, goal here, are you still looking at acquisitions, or are you still looking at even product development? We're seeing new products come on. on your on Yeah, your...
2: Re- re- really all three. I mean, uh, getting our legacy brands out there, making sure they're available and on-shelf, very important, right? And you know, that's tap out sure. and salt tequila. And you know, of course, as you well know, we bought Copa de Vino and Popoloco. Right. Uh, been working those for a while. But acquisition is a very, very important part of our strategy. Uh, as we move into the rest of this year and into next year, we are constantly evaluating targets. I like to say there's a conveyor belt of targets uh, coming across our desks, and um, some make sense, good brands. Uh, some don't. Uh, but we are um, hot on the trail for acquisition, and you'll might see some news here sometime by the
5: summer. Hey, talk about that Copa de Vino deal, because you know that's, uh, it's a favorite packaging of mine. Because if you open up uh, their, uh, their their variety box of Copa de Vino, mm-hmm. you find three different wines in there, and they're in, in, in plastic disposable cups, as you can see. Oh yeah. Single serving. And now, did, are you in Dodger Stadium or Yankee Stadium? It's, it's
2: one uh, Do- of them. Dodger Stadium, yeah, we just launched Dodger Stadium. and. Um, I think we've had one or two games there so far, and we've gone through hundreds and hundreds of cases of both Copa Divino and Popo Loco. Uh, we're quite pleased with the uh, the pull-through there. And and honestly, the 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 resin cups that Copa Divino came in were really groundbreaking. You'll see you go to any store today, there's all sorts of ready to drink wine now in sure. single sort format. Copa Divino was, was really the trailblazer there, sort of the innovator there. And those cups are actually dishwasher safe. People reuse them. Um, it's a, it's a especially hard. Uh, they call it crystal resin. It's really a nice package.
5: Oh, so yeah, because it, it really is, and they're not plastic. My mistake, because they, but they won't break. I can tell you. Yeah. May have some you personal. May have, I may have some personal experience, and they do not. <laughs> they do not break. Uh, let's talk about. Let's talk about what happens real quickly. Uh, coming up in the next uh, 18 months with respect to to product development, I know you can't talk about numbers, can't really give us much about acquisitions, but are you staying the course, or is there is there a different direction you're going into, or or because I think if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right, Robert?
2: Yeah, no, we're growing. Um, uh, our our Q1 22 t- uh, numbers are due, uh, I think, on Monday, so you'll see uh, what those numbers are. Um, and no, we're staying the course. Um, you know, really blocking and tackling and executing on our you know on our our legacy brands but then hot on the trail as i mentioned earlier for acquisition and we are i can say this i've said this publicly we are evaluating numerous targets at, at any given time and uh, we are quite a ways down the path uh you never know nothing's done till it's done i like to say done's a four-letter word at, at splash beverage group um so until uh until you sign that paper or the wire hits nothing is done but we're getting pretty close on a couple and we'll see uh, you should see some uh, some news from.
5: All right, well, Robert, I, you know, I think it's time to start bugging you to come in studio here, pal. You know, we got through COVID together. Now it's time to get you to San Diego. It's not a big ask, S-Berry. but come on. All right, Robert I- Nestico, CEO, founder of Splash Beverage. SBEV is their stock. So that does it for us. Jared Coleman's our director. Curtis Manager, our assistant director. Molly Levy, our floor director. James East, our music director. Greg Todoroff, our executive producer. David Camador, lead producer, stage manager. Bianca Zerba Delgado is our producer. Devin Doan, digital live content, captain of the universe. <laughs> Jay Banks, sergeant at arms, don't give him no lip. Mike Larson, Chief Engineer.